Hey guys, welcome to Making a Stylish Exit, Confidently Moving On, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Richmond. I'm an author, mother, self-love advocate, and shoe connoisseur. In this podcast, we will discuss the good, bad, and everything in between about living and thriving after divorce. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you'll never miss an episode. Hey, and welcome to another episode. Today is just me and my thoughts, or musings, as I like to call them. Lately, I've been thinking quite a bit about one of my favorite things, shoes. Not just about buying more or even wearing them. Lord knows I haven't been going anywhere in this lockdown. But more about what they mean, what they represent. And in case you didn't already know, let me be the first to tell you that before you even open your mouth, The shoes you have on your feet have already sent a message out into the world. I hope you are saying something good. To truly know me is to know that I adore shoes. And it's not just from having work for some of the biggest names in the fashion industry. My love affair with shoes began when I was nine years old. I will never forget this day for as long as I live. I can remember it just like it was yesterday. When I was nine, my parents and I moved, which meant I had the opportunity to go to a new school. And I begged and begged and pleaded with my parents to let me go to the public school in our new neighborhood versus the Catholic school I had been going to with the wool, itchy uniforms and the strict rules and the nuns. So finally, I convinced my parents to let me go to the new school in my neighborhood. And even then, at nine years old, I knew I had a feeling that My play clothes that I wore after school, after I took my uniform off, would not be sufficient to wear every day to this new school. So I enlisted the help of a friend, and off we went shopping with my mom, of course. And I had picked out one special outfit that was my stunner. It's going to be my stunner for the new new year. I thought this is like the best outfit ever. It was a green corduroy jumper dress, you know, with a skirt and this frilly uh, green, multicolored, different colors, blouse. I thought it was amazing. Only thing that was missing were the shoes. I needed some new dress shoes. So one weekend I said, you know, mom, I think I need some new shoes. Let's go shopping. She agreed. And here we are Sunday morning walking out to go to the mall and who follows my mom out of the door, but my dad, God bless his soul, loved him, but he was definitely not the person you wanted to take on a shopping trip. He had zero patience and he hated shopping. Things were already looking bad. So we arrived to the mall and I had a bit of trouble finding some shoes. I had narrow feet and it was a difficult fit. Long story short, I didn't find anything that I liked or wanted. So I was ready to call it quits and my dad said, no, we're going to Bradley's. And for those of you who don't know, Bradley's was it's out of business now. Uh, it was kind of like Target, not as nice. Not exactly the place I had envisioned getting my hot new dress shoes from. So we go there and immediately my dad zeroes in on the ugliest pair of shoes you can imagine. They were horrible. They were terrifying. Basically, they were like a nurse's shoe. Not a clog. This is before. This is in the, the, the late 80s. So like a loafer, but kind of a platform. They weren't white. 
They were burgundy with a gum sole. Burgundy loafers, a wedge platform kind of thing with a gum sole. Remember, I'm nine years old. These were more like for somebody that was 90 years old. As soon as I saw them, I said, no, no, no. You know what? I'm good. I think my old shoes still fit. You know, I'm going to be okay. I don't want any new shoes. And I was looking at my mom, begging, pleading with her, silently imploring her to say something. And she didn't say anything. She just looked at me and kind of shrugged her shoulders, (laughs) turned her head. So my dad marches off to the register to pay for these horrible shoes. And here I am. I was still determined, only as a nine-year-old can be, that I was going to wear my new dress. Instead of, you know, maybe thinking, wait a week, get your mom alone, you guys go shopping, get some new shoes. I was determined to wear that dress on Monday morning. So I woke up, put the horrible shoes on, got dressed, and I thought I was slick. I put my old shoes in my backpack, and I head downstairs, and my dad immediately upon seeing me says, let me see your backpack. And I was like, what? You know, he had never done this before and never did it after. He opens the bag, finds my shoes, tosses them out. And this is when I started getting a bit desperate. I may or may not have tried to jump out of the car while my mother was driving me to school that day. Anyway, I finally get to school and I begrudgingly get out of my mother's car wearing those God awful shoes. And I walk into my classroom and try to quietly and quickly sit down in my seat, hoping no one, you know, can see my shoes. And as I'm sitting there waiting for the teacher to start the lessons, a silence came over the classroom and you could hear a pin drop. And then all of a sudden you hear, look at the new girl's shoes, look at the new girl's shoes. And there was pointing, there was laughing, there was cackling. And it all ended up in this crescendo of just laughter and everyone pointing at me and like belly laughing, tears coming out of their eyes, like really, really laughing. And I was sitting there, I was mortified, and I wish that the floor could have just opened up and swallowed me, and so I disappeared. That didn't happen, but I did get a slight reprieve. That was the day that I found out that I was in the wrong classroom, and they transferred me to another class where the students were a little kinder. They didn't point and laugh in my face, but there were definitely snickers and people were looking at my shoes and it was the topic of conversation for the day. And one brave girl came up to me during the recess and she just looked at me and I was like, what's up with your shoes? And I just looked at her. I drew a blank. I didn't have anything. I didn't know what was up with my shoes. I was wondering why I was wearing those ugly shoes just like she was. I had no idea. I shrugged my shoulders and she was kind enough and we ended up being actually good friends. But that was one of the longest days of my young life and maybe of my life in general. And I just realized that no one even cared. No one knew me, but no one cared anything about me. They didn't care that I liked football, that I knew how to play the violin, that my favorite food was pizza. The only thing they saw when they looked at me was a girl wearing these hideous, hideous shoes. But with everything, but like everything else in my life, I've survived but I had definitely changed. I vowed that I would never, ever let that happen to me again. There are so many things that are out of your control in life, but I decided that I could and would control what I wore. And this is where my love affair with clothes and shoes began. From that day in fourth grade until I graduated from high school, 
I wrote down what I wore every day in my agenda, and I would not repeat a single item for six weeks. I know, I know, I went a bit to the extreme, but it worked for me and actually made getting ready in the mornings a breeze. And looking back on it, my shoes have been a personal record of sorts. I still remember my first designer shoes, an open-toe Gucci mule that I wore to my college graduation, the shoes I wore on my first date with my ex-husband, all the shoes I wore during my wedding weekend, the beautiful Sophia Webster winged sandals I wore on my 40th birthday, and my precious, long-sought-after white Mew Mew booties that I wore for my book launch last year. The memories are endless. So it makes perfect sense that when I decided to start out on this podcasting journey, that the best place to record the show was actually in my shoe closet. If you check my Instagram stories, you'll be able to see it. I remember when I first visited this house, I opened the door that was down the hall from the bedroom, and there was this little gem of a closet. I immediately claimed it for my shoes. A few shelves, a rack, and some hooks later, and my little paradise was born, and it has remained one of my favorite places in my house. And as with most things post-divorce, they have changed. I've definitely not been able to shop and buy as many gorgeous shoes as I did before. And that's okay. I no longer have my shoe guys at Neiman Marcus calling me to tell me about the latest arrivals. Do I miss it? A little bit, sure. But I haven't totally fallen off. I just had to get creative. I found some amazing websites where I can get my luxury shoe fix at a discount. And there are always sales. And let's be honest, sometimes I just treat myself. While recording an upcoming episode, my guest, upon hearing where I was actually doing the recording, she said, oh, you're in your happy place with all your friends and allies. And she was right. I am surrounded by my dear friends, Jimmy, Christian, Manolo, Gianni, and Giuseppe, just to name a few. So as I sit here looking at all of my shoes, I can't help but think of all the places I've been and all the steps I've taken. Of course, some of the memories are bittersweet now, but more than anything, I'm excited about the steps I'm about to take and the memories I will create. And because, of course, I have a book about shoes, I will leave you with a few thoughts from A Celebration of Pumps, Sandals, Slippers, and More, Shoes, by Linda O'Keefe. Shoes are a force for change, a means of shedding the past and buying into the future. For much of history, women's shoes were kept in the dark, concealed beneath a froth of petticoats or ballooning crinoline. But while they were one of the most closeted parts of a woman's attire, ironically, they were and are one of the most revealing. Eyes may be the windows to the soul, but shoes are the gateway to the psyche. Psychologists have vigorously explored the hidden meaning of shoes from phallic symbols to secret vessels. Some say that the woman who collects shoes is a frustrated traveler. Others suggest she is symbolically searching for enlightenment. A pair of shoes might not cure a broken heart or soothe a tension headache, writes fashion critic Holly Brubeck, but they will relieve the symptoms and chase away the blues. Even the least vain among us has been known to blow an entire week's salary on an irresistible pair. For if your body lets you down, your feet will still lift your spirits. 
Feet don't gain or lose weight, observed Sarah Vass, a collector who lives with more than 500 pairs of shoes. You might not be able to wear your favorite pair of pants if you gain a few pounds, but you can always wear your favorite pair of shoes. Shoes can be witty and drop-dead gorgeous, but not very comfortable. All too often, they don't fit like a glove or conform to a foot's natural contours. But that really doesn't matter, admits clothing designer Diane von Fostenberg. You look down at your feet and you wink at yourself. And so, at the junction of fantasy and reality, women unhesitatingly choose frivolity over fit. While the idea of comfort is appealing, no one actually wants aching feet. In her heart, a woman craves a sexy mule. Sensible shoes command respect, but high heels solicit adoration. A Birkenstock may offer deliverance, but a Blahnik promises adventure. Thanks for pressing play. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a review. Follow my adventures on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Making a Stylish Exit. You can also visit my website at www.makingastylishexit.com. Remember, good shoes take you good places. Until next time. Until next time.